So as most of you know, I spent most of my youth in San Antonio, Texas. We moved there from Southern California. We lived in kind of a sleepy, small beach community uh, in Southern California. And I thought everywhere in the world was like that. And then we moved to San Antonio, Texas, and I found out, nope, not everywhere in the world is like that. And you can probably tell if you've been around uh, me, I didn't really latch on to all things Texas. Uh, I, none of my, nobody in my family would really proudly claim the title of Texan, because Texans think like this. They, they say things like, never ask somebody what state they're from. If they're from Texas, they will let you know. And if they're not, you don't want to embarrass them, Right. That's, that's how Texans think. That's never how I thought, right? We didn't, we didn't have any don't mess with Texas stickers. You wouldn't find a lot of cowboy boots or cowboy hats in my house growing up. But one thing we did latch on to in our time in Texas was the San Antonio Spurs, right? We lived there for 10 years. And really, I would like to say it was the arrival of my family that really seemed to spur them on to bigger and better things. Because from the time we moved there over the next two decades, they won five NBA titles. Some people would attribute that more to the arrival of Tim Duncan in San Antonio, but I wouldn't be so sure about that, right? I think my family might've had something to do with that. And they were a fun team to root for back in those days. They were actually led by some pretty strong, outspoken Christians. Uh, But if you think about what is a spur, what is that? Well, it's something on the boot, at the back of the boot of a cowboy that would kick the horse and poke, prod the horse to make it go faster, right? Uh, Turn with me to Hebrews 10, 24. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, So even the imperative here is actually let us think, let us consider Let's think about this for a while. What are we considering? Well, how to stir one another up. Some translations, you know, even would put it, how to spur one another on. God has designed us to be the spurs for each other, right? That that other people are running faster, running harder because of you, right? And and I think we all look at that and we're like, yeah, that's nice. That's That's a good picture, right? We're all spurring each other on, you know, that that would be nice if that happened. Well, it's more than just nice, it's essential. There's an urgency to this. Flip back a few pages to chapter three, Hebrews chapter three, starting in verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. 
For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So this gives us a pretty strong warning saying, hey guys, some of you are going to struggle with an evil, unbelieving heart and, and some of you will fall away because of that. So every day you need to be encouraging each other. You need to be, with even a stronger term, exhorting one another because sin is lying to you. And so that's where we need to realize, oh, spurring each other on, wouldn't that be nice if that's how our church was? No, that's how our church needs to be because everyone is being lied to every day by the deceitfulness of sin. Therefore, we need to be exhorting each other with the truth every day to counter the lies of sin. And so again, don't assume, don't assume that everyone is doing well. I mean, don't assume that everyone's doing poorly. Just know we're in a battle. Bullets are flying. And so we need to be looking out for each other. I know that bullets are flying. I know that we're being lied to. Who am I encouraging? Who am I being that spur, helping them, hey, keep going, keep running, don't give up. Because that's what we're, what we're hearing every day from the world and from our sin. Give up, give in, drop out, right? We need to be saying, keep going. It's worth it. Stay strong, right? That's what we need to do. And so you need to encourage somebody every day. Do you want to be a spiritual leader? Do something to encourage somebody else every day. And honestly, we've never lived in an age of history where that's easier to do because you pretty much all have one of these, right? I mean, even once a day, you could send a text to somebody else, even if all it said was, I'm praying for you. You get mad when somebody personally sends you a text that they're praying for you? You ever got really frustrated and upset when somebody texted you that they were praying for you? No, no, I don't think that's ever happened, right? No, that's an encouraging thing to do. Even if it's small, hopefully don't limit it to that, but at least do that every day. And that will look different for different people. I mean, just consider this reference. First Thessalonians 5.14 says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Right? Some people are just lazy. They're idle, and they need to be admonished. Some people are just faint-hearted and weary, and they need to be encouraged. Some people are weak, and they need to be helped. Everybody, we need to be patient with. So, This will take less writing, but just three ways that, maybe three phrases that you can do this. First, think about how you can lift up other people. You know, who's the faint-hearted that you can lift up? Who's, Who's the person that's in the doldrums and you can be the wind in their sails? There's going to be people in your life that are having a tough time. They need encouragement. They need to know as they're getting punched in the face out there in the ring that that when that bell rings and they come back to the corner, you're going to be there saying, keep going. I care about you. I know it's hard out there. Go for it, right? We need that. And so again, like I said, the the easiest way to do this really is just make sure people know you're in their corner. Make sure people know you're praying for them, right? So that you can care about them. That's always a welcome thing. Or, Or sometimes... Sending a thoughtful 
scripture verse. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, the massive group texts where I just texted this verse to all of my contacts. No, I'm talking about, or even the whole group, but hey, somebody specifically, hey, this verse made me think of you. I've got a friend of mine that's really good at that. He's a pastor in Illinois, right? And sometimes him and another old college friend will we'll be texting about stuff and, and he'll respond just thoughtfully with a, a, a scripture that's relevant to the situation. And generally, you know, something that's encouraging, right? Something that's, that's uplifting in that moment. That can be so powerful. Uh, nobody is ex- expecting you to have all the answers, but also one thing I've learned in ministry is uh, like 90% of the game is showing up sometimes. Uh, no, nobody's expecting you to have all the answers. Nobody's, people get that you're not just going to show up and say, hey, have you ever thought of this? <gasps> now I'm not depressed anymore. Great, right? But you showing up and being there for them. That can be something that is, that is helpful. So how can you lift up others? And the next thing I would say is how can you encourage other people to step up, right? And this is really where that spur image comes together well, right? I mean, how can I help somebody go a little faster, go a, a, run a little harder, right? And this is where asking questions uh, can be can be helpful, right? Asking um, things like, hey, have you had any opportunities to share the gospel lately, right? And even just asking that to other people and, and spurring them on. Yeah, if, I, if I, the answer is I haven't lately, that's probably not good. I need to be sharing the, the gospel. Uh, just asking, okay, how, how are things going as a father? Like we talked about last session. How, how are things in your season of life? And again, there's a lot of overlap between the last session. I think this is where it, it helps just in opening up, right? Not putting yourself out there as the standard saying, well, this is everything that I'm doing, right? Come join me on my level, right? And that's not what I'm talking about, but just by being genuine. Because even by you being genuine and even you showing, man, I, I want to run hard and here's things that challenge me and here's ways that I'm growing, that can spur somebody else on to think, hey, I need to grow in that way too, or I need to, to go on with, with some of these things, right? So opening up can be helpful. Another thing that can be good is just encouraging other people specifically to serve, right? We, we make announcements, we need to, and those can be helpful, right? Like when Pastor Charlie gets up last Sunday and says, hey, we really need help in kids ministry, right? That, that's valuable. But one way you can be a leader is by you going to somebody and saying, hey, I think I heard that announcement about kids ministry and I'm not trying to say, well, I'm not serving, but you should do this. But no, in a more genuine, hey, have you ever thought about that? I think you'd be really good at that, right? If you see somebody that you know and they haven't started serving anywhere in the church, as you've gotten to know them, think, man, I think they'd be a really good fit on this team and encourage them with that, right? That, that's a way you can spur somebody on. And part of that, I mean, even last night when we talked about what are some of the reasons people don't do this and a couple of the things that were suggested, sometimes people are a little timid, right? Sometimes people, even they feel a little bit inadequate. And so having one person come to them and say, hey, I think you could do this might be what they need to step up and do it because they feel like, hey, somebody has given me a vote of confidence. Somebody's given me that, that encouragement that I was lacking. So hopefully we we can see that there. Step up. But then this is maybe the most intense 
one is we spur each other on. Sometimes we, we honestly need to encourage others to shape up, right? There needs to be some level of uh, confrontation because you see something that's off. Maybe it's in doctrine. Hey, this person is saying this and I don't think it's accurate or helpful. Um, or you, you see something in their life. You're seeing something that is off. And that's where I think, kind of like Bob shared earlier, I think sometimes we're, we're almost allergic to that because we are afraid of overdoing it. We are afraid of being judgmental. So we stay away from anything that might look like encouraging somebody to change something in their life or saying something that is corrective. Well, the Bible does give us some instructions to help us avoid overdoing it. Uh, Let's look at one passage that's helpful, Galatians chapter 6. We referenced this verse briefly last night. says, starting in verse one, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. So this reminds us of some things of, hey, first you got to check yourself. Uh, As Jesus puts it, take the log out of your own eye before you seek to take the speck out of your brother's eye. But I think even some of this, for instance, give someone else the benefit of the doubt. If you see something that is off, you know, you see this person, they, they just seem really short with people lately or they, they seem to be getting less consistent even in showing up at life groups. And I'm not sure that's abnormal. I'm not sure what's up with that. Uh, don't go into a conversation about that assuming you know their motive. For instance, somebody, you're not seeing them as consistently at church or life group. Don't go into that conversation being like, they're lazy. And they're slacking off, right? Is that out of the realm of possibility? No, but you don't know that. Maybe it's, man, I just got this new project dropped on me at work and it's killing me, right? So it is like, hey, seeing somebody start to, maybe it feels like neglect the assembling together. Is that a concern? Is that worth bringing up? Absolutely. But don't go in assuming you know why, right? And so I think that's a good, and that could come up in a lot of ways, you know, that's something where right? it should be a conversation. Draw out why what's happening is happening. Don't go in assuming that you know. And that's where one thing we've tried to emphasize a lot is prayer, right? Go in very prayerfully to these conversations, right? And then, I mean, Matthew 18 is another passage that outlines kind of this step-by-step process. Uh, but notice uh, where it starts. Hey, you go in private, and the goal is to win your brother, right? Your goal is to win your brother. And so what might that look like? Well, I'd encourage you one thing, just bring up your concern in a gentle yet straightforward way. 
The person that's not showing, you haven't seen them at church in a while, or they, they serve with you in a ministry, and it's like, where are they at, right? I mean, bring up your concern and just be, hey, I've, I've noticed I haven't seen you serving as much, or I haven't seen you as church as much. Bring it up in a straightforward way, but then kind of ask, hey, what, what's going on, right? And be open, even sometimes, to being wrong. I mean, that, that's something where none of us are perfect. None of us have perfect perception where somebody, maybe it's a personal thing. Somebody said something to you that you felt like was really insensitive and really, uh, you know, even mean-spirited. And, and you go and you, you say, hey, when you said that to me, that, that really hurt, you, you know? Be open to them even being, I mean, it might've been something that you actually perceived as in a way that wasn't intended, right? And be open to being wrong. Or, or maybe it wasn't like this mean-spirited, vindictive said, maybe they, they did say something thoughtless. And so the issue isn't, hey, you're such a mean, mean-spirited person and you need to repent. It's, oh, wow, I didn't realize that that offended you. I'm really sorry. And I won't do that again, right? Be gentle, be open to being wrong. And remember, the goal is always to win your brother. And that's where, honestly, I feel like one thing we need to know is when, when to drop it and move on right? And I'd say that's going to end up being most cases because we always want, well, Matthew 18, right? They said that meanful, mean, that, that, that thoughtless, mean-spirited thing to me, and uh, I talked to them about it, and they didn't repent. So I'm going and getting my brother, and we're going back. And if he doesn't repent this time, I'm calling Pastor Ben, right? We're not going to do that, right? We're just, we're just not, okay? That's Colossians 3, bearing with one another. Newsflash, our church is full of sinners, okay? There's gonna be sin in our church and we can't deal with every single one of them. And that's where, I mean, Matthew 18 stands alone, but when we look at other passages, a helpful example is 1 Corinthians, when he tells them to kick somebody out of the church, it's not, well, He said a kind of mean-spirited thing to somebody and he didn't repent. No, he was in known sexual sin that was damaging the reputation of the church. When you actually say, hey, we're gonna walk through the Matthew 18, it's usually gonna be, this is a known, public, clear-cut, major sin issue. Where where This is not an issue of perception or hurt feelings. This is clear-cut. And lots of times it will have something to do with sexual sin. Hey, this person is you know, leaving their spouse to pursue someone else, right? No, we're going to confront that. And if you don't repent of that, you can't be a part of our church. It's not going to be, well, you know, this person hasn't shown up to life group in three weeks. Matthew 18, step one, let's go, right? We're not, we're not going to do that. And that's where I think sometimes you need to kind of be ready to, hey, I'm going to do Matthew 18, step one, and that's as far as I'm going to go. Because maybe they don't repent on the spot, but Maybe my feedback to them is something that does sit in their brain for a while. And maybe it leads to change long term. And sometimes you need to say, hey, I've said what I can say. I've exhorted my brother. I've tried to give them some encouragement. You know, how they respond to that, I'm going to pray and leave that to the Lord. But I have done my part. And this isn't an issue that really rises to that next level of, hey, we need to kick this person out of the church, right? But when there is a clear sin, right? When you do have someone in your life group that you know they are being unfaithful to their spouse, right? Okay, when you go and you confront them and they don't repent, hey, we, we, yeah, take that to the next level. 
because uh, that is something that is very clear, even kind of more of a, a high-handed sin in, in the uh, perception of the Bible, and there is no repentance. And, and so when you, when you think through this, right, some of these things, it's, it's a just-do-it deal. I mean, think back to Hebrews 3. Exhort one another every day. Like, just do it. You have a to-do list, just make it a repeating task. Hey, I'm going to encourage somebody today and do it every day, whether that's a text message, a phone call, some days that might be meeting up in person with somebody. Do these things every day. And when I think back to being a kid and, and watching the Spurs, right? I mean, we didn't have Michael Jordan. We didn't have Kobe Bryant. We didn't have LeBron James. We didn't have these flashy stars there. But what we did have was a team, right? We had a team that worked together and won, right? And as a church, what we need is a team and that requires communication. Encourage somebody every day. It's never been easier. Just do it. 